St. Louis. I keep wanting to say live from St. Louis. It's not live from St. Louis, no. but we are in St. Louis. Are, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and we are uh, Coffee with Crime. That's right. Uh, we are on the road. We are on the road. Yeah. Uh, we've always talked about doing this for a long time, and we finally did it. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, we had a great uh, dinner at a local Asian restaurant, and now we're going to after having spicy food, we're going to drink coffee, and mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. <laughs> so anyway, the, uh, this is Coffee with Crime. I'm Lewis. And I'm Alexi. And the coffee we are tasting today is actually not a St. Louis coffee. We'll be doing that in our next episode, which I strongly encourage you to watch, listen to. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but today we have a coffee from Nashville, and I got this one from, you remember a few episodes ago, um, I, I tried out the drink trade website. Yeah. I actually kept my subscription with them oh, because cool. It, and I just, it, just kept it with a minimum once a month. Yeah. Uh, one, cause you can, you can, and that was one of the nice things is you can highly modify your order. You can get a five pound bag, you can get two 12 pound bags, you can get all this different stuff. But there have just been, um, a lot of roasters that I didn't know about still, and I, I kind of just, I, I really liked the first experience with it. And so um, we've never used a coffee subscription consistently uh, on this show. We've always kind of reached out individually to roasters. But for this one, uh, is it's another one through Drink Trade. And same as, same as before, they, they just, it's so cool because they give you recommendations, but you can choose from them. So you get this really cool combination of um, a variety, but also you can literally say no i i know you recommended this one but i i just don't want it i don't like the way the bag looks or whatever so anyway this one looked really interesting um it's, it's from a company called stay golden coffee company in nashville and before we talk about them let's just taste this coffee and see what we think right. so cheers cheers with our our hotel how do you say uh cups. cheers in korean konbae 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 Yes. We, <laughs> we were just talking about that earlier. We so. were, yeah. We were, <laughs> our, our, the owner of the restaurant was Korean, so we were, uh, and I, I used to live in Korea, so we had a fun conversation. <laughs> right, here we go with Stay Golden Peru from, uh, yeah, from Peru. Well, it's that time of the show. What do you taste? Cinnamon. Mmm. No. <laughs> All right, let me try if, this again. No, if you taste cinnamon, then it's cinnamon. But yeah. I'm lo- I'm looking at the bag here, and kind of interesting tasting notes. Um, I definitely taste cinnamon. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, what is it? This one is apricot and coffee cherry. Okay. Juicy. <laughs> what it says um it's really good it's it really is smooth. it's really good i'm taking another ship here maybe i should <laughs> that's sounds good <laughs> I'm supposed to slurp it so you can um yeah i taste i taste some fruit in this one it's um la copia san ignacio from peru and this is a coffee that Stay Golden calls Valley, Valley Verde. So um, 
The first thing I smelled when I brewed this was actually barbecue. Really? And and I thought it was a fluke a few days ago when I when I brewed it. And then even without thinking it, I made it this morning and it tasted like it, it smelled like it didn't taste like barbecue necessarily. Oh, right. and, and barbecue sauce has it's like a, a million different things right. in it anyway. So it probably is not maybe that surprising. Maybe I was thinking about Nashville and thinking about having barbecue oh, there one time. Okay. But um it really did. Um <laughs> No, I mean I I I kinda know what you're saying. Yeah, it's um it's uh, yeah, kind of a combination of mm-hmm. fruit and savory and uh I really I really like this coffee. I like the the bag, the the branding. It's I've never seen anything really like this. It's uh, it's a it's a white bag with a the logo across the front, and then it's in this little mini box yeah, sort cute. of thing in the bottom. That um, and and if you look on the website, all the all the coffees are this basic bag, but then the box is a different color, and they um, and they they really put a lot of thought into the into the colors and what the colors say about the flavors and all that stuff. So this one uh, maybe being an apricot, being at the f- forefront of the tasting notes means that they have sort of an apricot colored box at the bottom so i feel like the like the design on the side of the bag and the colors kind of have like almost like a 1950s feel yeah yeah they do you're right yeah kind of like a a line drawing on the side like a design like something that would be in like your grandparents bathroom and the font for sure too yeah this classic thing it's cool i like it yeah it's really cool so a little bit about Stay Golden, um, founded in 2018, so very new company, by Sean Stewart, Jamie Cunningham, and Nathaniel Marins. And uh, the website actually talks about the these guys and kind of where they come from. They're, they have a background in little startups, uh, um, some coffee-related, but uh, one of the members is not really, he comes from a different... Uh, a different background as far as business goes but it really got me thinking because it was clear reading the biographies of these different founders uh, there's on the website it says so on the drink trade website it it mentions three founders but on their on the stay golden website there's there's another guy who i think is more maybe of an investor or something but he definitely has a business background and so anyway reading about these guys and the different things that they've tried and um and the different places that they've worked that that have all led them to found this company together, it it made me it kind of reminded me of the fact that if you, for any of the companies that make it as a coffee company, you can't, for better or for worse, you can't just have a passion for coffee and a talent for tasting it and roasting it. Um, there are people who are really good at that. And th- there are some people who are good at the, the roasting side and the tasting side and the business side too. And uh, that may be the case with all these guys. It kind of seems like it, it might be. But um, you really have to know how to how to make money and make all the decisions that lead to, you know, having a sustainable business. Because if you just... If you just make awesome coffee all the time, and it's sad to say, but like you, it won't go anywhere because... And this is just coming from me being... A self-employed musician and thinking, you know, having having to learn all these <laughs> some of these lessons the hard way so often is you have to set a price for things, and it and it really is uncomfortable yeah. sometimes to charge someone for something like music or something like coffee. That's like I love this, and I want this person to 
have this experience. So how can I charge? But you have to charge them so that you can pay the rent for the building and pay the people and ship the coffee and order it and everything so that you can keep doing that. And it's just a reality of of what it means to start a business. I wouldn't even say it's a reality of a capitalistic society, but it's just it's just business overall. You have to make money so you can keep the doors open. So uh, it, it seems like these um, these founders are, are very talented as far as that goes. And so they um, they they have a background. Uh, it seems like a few of them worked at this place that I had not heard of before. It was called Bongo Java. Hmm. It's a coffee shop in Nashville. Sounds fun. It does sound extremely fun. But um, so they met some of them met there and they were they were doing stuff with a coffee card and one of them created like a coffee soda. I, I don't have all the information Ooh. on that. But yeah, the look on your face makes me think that I, <laughs> I, I should have had that instead of this coffee. That sounds interesting. I'm surprised that uh, we haven't had anything like that before. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to diversify our <laughs> different liquids that we drink on this podcast. <laughs> anyway, uh, very talented coffee um business people at, over at Stay Golden. The, the name comes from the desire to kind of a mission state, statement for them is that they want to show love to others through a great cup of coffee, through providing a great cup of coffee. Uh, and, in other words, do unto others as you would have them do to you. So the golden rule. Yeah. They actually have a neon sign in one of the cafes that says do unto others. So uh, that's where the name comes from. And... Um, According to Google, <laughs> the the pandemic has has made it pretty unpredictable to for for Google to actually accurately predict whether a place is going to be open or right. not. We we had that happen to us tonight when we tried to go to a place. But the, according to Google, the the cafe is is currently open at Stay Gold and they're for dine in even and uh, and of course for for carry out and stuff and, and curbside as well. The menu looks really good. So this is not just a total purist coffee, you know, coffee only roaster and cafe. It's uh, quite a quite a um, a hearty menu <laughs> that they offer at their at their restaurant. Um, and I, I had a difficulty even describing it or coming up with a a category for it because at first I thought, oh, this is comfort food, and then I saw like. Um, that there was avocado and toast and breakfast tacos and um, I, I would call it like upscale southern fusion diner food maybe but it re- definitely got my mouth watering it was really uh, they've got bis- biscuits and gravy they've got oh, a man. guinness and beef stew wow. which i did you, not see coming. all the things that you love <laughs> it's basically me just <laughs> me in a bre- in a menu um, real awesome looking breakfast sandwiches lots of cream sauces on everything all the sandwiches oh, yeah. were like really high. They were like really tall. Yeah. There was tons of stuff on them. So um, we need to go here. Yeah, we, we definitely do. After we leave St. Louis, we will be going to, <laughs> at we're some gonna point head straight, to Nashville. straight to Nashville. They do catering. <laughs> they have a very robust catering menu. So if you're in the Nashville area, um, definitely hit them up for your events. And uh, it just, yeah, really, really, really cool looking place uh they're on the corner of sidco and fontana in nashville and you and i were in nashville a few years ago and we had it was kind of an eye-opening experience as to how competitive the food and beverage industry is there um it's just there are restaurants opening and closing Mm -hmm. every day you know that people know that that goes on in new york city but i don't think that i knew that that was 
that dynamic was in effect in Nashville, and it really is. Yeah, it's very competitive, and so you you know these these people are doing amazing work, and you really have to to stay open there. Right. Um, also, a couple of the people, a couple of the founders had a background working at Crema Coffee, which you and I have had been to when we were in Nashville. Right. Also, yeah, a really yeah. cool place, and I we haven't featured their coffee on the Crema's coffee on the podcast yet, so I hope to do that. Coffee with Crema. Coffee with Crema. <laughs> nailed it. Um, I'm the guy who nailed the bit. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so that is, um, yeah, the Instagram account for them. I learned a lot about the employee. They highlighted the employees, what they do, their um, their favorite TV shows, things. They, they got a little, um, they would kind of describe characteristics, characteristics of the of some of their staff that really they appreciated about it. It was like a short bi- biography and it was really neat to get to know them that way a little bit. And um, yeah, stay golden coffee. Do unto others, make good coffee. So yeah, this is a great Peru that we got through Drink Trade and uh, I'm going to continue to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. No, it's really good. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Thank you. No, thank you to Stay Golden for making such good coffee. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're ever in St. Louis, um, go to Mizu Sushi Bar. That's right. That's where we went tonight, and it was really good. It was. Owner was super nice. Uh, food was amazing. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend. All right. <laughs> Give me a crime. So should we get to some crime? It's been a while. It has we, been a while. We have to thank our listeners for being patient. We yeah. have uh, made you wait, and we we're have. sorry. We've been, <laughs> uh, I've, uh, like, I feel bad using the excuse, like, oh, we've been so busy. But we really have. Yeah. And, yeah, we have. Um, but this, here we are. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around. Yeah. If you're still here, it's because you care. <laughs> That's right. And we appreciate it. Um, yeah, this is a different setting than what we normally do yeah we're in a hotel room yeah i'm very like comfortable yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) just sitting here not that i'm not comfortable when we normally do the podcast we're holding our microphones right now yeah which we never do in the Mm -hmm. studio we have these fancy microphone stands but we were traveling a little more light and uh, we're out of town so we have we have uh, a laptop it's a almost a completely different setup from what we usually use to report the record the podcast so it's really fun it's it's, uh it is fun yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's fun. I don't know if I should like lay down. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll sit up. <laughs> I mean, if, if you would, if you feel like you'd deliver I'll this. I'll sit cr- up like a professional. Okay. All right. So today we are going to talk about Janine Jones. Does it, does it make sense that that would sound familiar to me? Is that a well, is this a well-known crime or no? Um, see, like I had not heard of it. Okay. So you probably I'm thinking haven't. Of Jim Jones. Yeah, that would sound familiar to everyone. Um, yeah, no, okay. there's no uh, Kool Aid. Okay, Janine. Janine Jones. Janine Jones. Um, actually, it's interesting. So this is Janine J A N E E N E. There was actually a serial killer with the same name, Janine Jones, but Janine was spelled differently. Oh. A, a more well-known serial killer? I no? I had never heard of that one either okay. until I had started, you know, researching this one. So, yeah, yeah interesting. Janine Jones must Very just be a uh, murderous name. <laughs> Sorry if your name is Janine Jones. Yeah, if your last name is Jones, don't name your daughter Janine. <laughs> All right. So, 
Janine Jones. So uh, Janine Monsell was born on May 24th, 1963. So her father was in the military. So she and her sister Renee had a very strict upbringing. um, And they moved around a lot, as many military families do. By the time she was in high school, her family had settled in Tawas, Michigan. And when Janine graduated from high school in 1981, she moved to Florida and soon met a man named Albert Campbell, and the two were married in late 1983. However, the marriage only lasted a few months, and soon Janine was on to the next, a man named Philip Stoderman. So she and Philip had a whirlwind romance and wasted no time getting married. They were married in July of 1984, so less than a year no. after she married her first husband. Whirlwind uh, is right. Yeah. <laughs> so the two ended up having a son, but soon after that marriage began to fall apart as well, and eventually the couple separated and divorced. Hmm. So Janine just could not make it work. <laughs> Um, Do you so, think it was her fault that her marriage? She might have been lasting? the common denominator in all this. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you keep breaking up, you have to eventually ask. Right. Ask yourself if it's you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So by 1990, 27 year old Janine was working as a corrections officer at the Charlotte County Jail in Punta Gorda, Florida, hmm. um, and raising her young son as a single mom. Okay. So later that same year, the love god smiled upon Janine once again, and she met... (laughs) Were they smiling the other times? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So she met 31-year-old carpenter Max Jones, hence Janine Jones. Okay. Um, Max was a pretty laid-back guy, which was a good compliment to Janine's sometimes very fiery personality. Mm. And the two quickly fell in love and were married on October 12th, 1991. So hmm. Janine moves quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She doesn't waste a lot of time getting into serious relationships. <laughs> um, less than a year later, in the summer of 1992, the couple have their first child together, a son who they name Zach. Okay. And in 1994, they have a daughter named Alexandria. So they both have steady jobs. Um, Janine Janine is still working as a corrections officer, and Max works as a carpenter and picks up odd jobs whenever he can. But like many young families, you know, they struggle financially, but overall seem happy. Okay. You know, they're raising their kids, and Max and Janine are very active at church. They have a lot of friends, including one very close friend who they met at church, a plumber and single father named John Chamberlain. So remember that when it comes yeah. back. That's going to be important. You know, I'm continuing to sip on this coffee, and I it really like it tastes like barbecue. All right, I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to try it again. I don't know what it is. It's like barbecue ribs, in, but in a good way. Like I mean, I get, I get it because I think barbecue sauce is kind of like fruity and yeah, savory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really is. I. I'm sorry, but I think barbecue should be on the tasting notes of this I think you need to write them a letter. (laughs) A long letter (laughs) for the following reasons. Okay, so what's the name of this plumber? John Chamberlain. John Chamberlain, sorry. (laughs) Thanks for being patient with me. Squirrel. So over the years, um, John becomes more like a family member. You know, he's close to them. They hang out a lot. Okay. Um, Although Max and Janine try to keep up appearances of being the perfect family 
By the mid to late 90s, they're starting to drift apart. So they're getting into arguments, they're fighting over money, Hmm. yada, yada, yada. So in late February of 1998, while working in the Charlotte County Jail, Janine gets busted for exchanging steamy love letters with one of the inmates. Hmm. Yeah. No. And she's forced to resign from her job. Good. Yeah. So how this happened was Janine, um, <laughs> she wrote like a nasty letter, like a like a racy letter, <laughs> and she gave it to one of the other inmates to pass to this inmate that she was like in love with or whatever, and of course he opens it and reads it, <laughs> and then he told on her. No honor among thieves. No. So yeah, so that's... He told on her instead of passing it on. Exactly. Wow. So that's how she got found out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously this makes things much worse uh, for the couple because they're already struggling and now Janine has lost her job on top of having an affair with an inmate. Hmm. Everyone knew about it, too. It was in the paper. It was very embarrassing. So it was just kind of like the scandal that put a lot of strain on the marriage. Wow. So the couple has, you know, they still have two young kids to think of. Well, three, actually, because Janine's child from her previous marriage. Um, So they decide to basically stay together for the kids. Okay. You know, try to just make it work. And as the years go on, the couple, you know... They just don't have a great marriage. You know, Mm -hmm. everything is kind of falling apart. There's still lots of fighting. Um, Janine is able to find work doing some odd jobs, so that helps a little. What kind of odd jobs? Just random stuff. I mean, (laughs) I want to know. I think she, like, you know, babysat sometimes. Oh, okay. (laughs) I wasn't sure if she was, like, putting on siding. I think she, like, joined, like, a pyramid scheme. Oh, those were big in the 90s. Yeah, Yeah, so, like random things like that yeah okay yeah so um in 2010 max begins to have serious health issues um he's having a lot of stomach problems he's very weak he's vomiting sounds familiar yeah um so he ends up being admitted to the hospital several times you know he's you know very dehydrated they end up having to put stints into his intestines which i don't Oof. even know don't yeah how that you, works you can not, not elaborate on that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they really can't figure out why he's so sick yeah. so they're running tests like they really you know they don't really know why but he ends up losing a lot of weight um and because of his illness he's unable to work so mm. obviously that adds a lot of financial strain onto the couple yeah so after a year of battling this mysterious illness, on November 27th, 2011, Janine and her daughter Alexandria find Max unconscious and barely breathing. Mm. So he's at home and suddenly he just, you know, kind of collapses. So they call 911, but by the time the paramedics arrive, it's too late and they determine that because of his health problems, he likely had a heart attack, even though he's only 53 years old. Mm. So he... He dies. Wow. Yeah, and it's just, it's very, you know, sad, but they assume, you know, he's had all these health issues. Um, Some family members noticed that the day Max passed away, um, Janine was acting strange. So she really showed no emotion, you know, kind of like, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, Mm. everybody grieves in their own way, and... 
it's hard to tell, you know, how people should act. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so Max is quickly cremated at Janine's request. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a little strange. Yeah. Quickly as in, like, a day or two. Right. Like, we wow. got to get this done. Wow. Yeah. So Janine and her two younger kids, um, who were still living at home, tried to pick up the pieces, and the fact that Max had a life insurance policy that paid out $1 million definitely helped a lot. A million? million dollars. How does a carpenter have a million dollar life insurance policy? I don't know. That's insane. Did she collect it? She did. Oh. Okay. Okay. She collected his. It was very clever of you to hold out on that fact until now because I was super confused. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I just I was like, why is she poisoning him? Like, what's the point if they're just trying to make it? How do you know she poisoned him? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) So Janine, now forty nine, wasted no time moving on, Mm. and within a few months of her husband's death. She had sold all of his possessions. She had embarked on a new business venture. She had plastic surgery. Oh, my goodness. And she even started dating again. Wow. So she started a business, which she called My Retirement LLC, Hmm. where she bought and flipped foreclosed homes and then rented them out, um, you know, to various (laughs) renters. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. That's so, a, yeah. It's not exactly a get-rich-quick scheme. Like, it's a pretty honest living on its yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. So um, that's how she reinvested the million-dollar settlement. Yeah. Wow. So she reinvested, and she even finds a business partner, 26-year-old Matthew Smith. Okay. Becomes her business partner, and they quickly become lovers. So she's 50, yeah. and he's 26. Six. So she's he's half her age. Is she like his sugar mama? Is that how? Well, or did yeah, they, was it basically, real, real yeah. Love? So you know, okay. she's got all this money. She's got this business. He becomes her business partner. And I mean, they would probably say that they were in love. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, come on. The thing is, too, like she wasn't some hottie. Oh. You know, some <laughs> real housewife of. Columbia County, <laughs> you know. You're right. So it's kind of like, oh, what's going on? Um, so things are finally looking up for Janine. You know, her yeah. business is becoming very successful. She has a hot young boyfriend. I mean, what could go wrong Nothing. at this point? So, so she, is this the end of the... That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee with love. <laughs> so she eventually hires her longtime friend, John Chamberlain, to do some plumbing work and repairs on her rental properties. Makes sense. Okay. So things just keep getting better, and in the summer of 2012, just nine months after her husband's death, Janine and Matthew tie the knot in a private Las Vegas ceremony. This is her third or fourth marriage? This is her fourth. Fourth, yeah. Yeah. Fourth time's the charm. That's that's what they say. (laughs) So her kids are upset. You yeah, know, yeah. she's bringing in this guy that's basically their age. Right. Um, she dates him for a few months, marries him. You know, it's just concerning. Um, but Janine is happy and she's living her life to the fullest and ain't no one going to stop her. No. Mm-mm. 
So Janine begins asking John to drill out the locks on some of the foreclosures that she has purchased, explaining that the houses have been abandoned for so long that they no longer have contact information um, to get in touch with anybody who has a key. Right. So John obliges a few times, but starts to feel like there's something a little sketchy about it. So about his, drilling out the locks? Right. Oh. So his cons- suspicions are confirmed when in January of 2013, he gets a call from one of the renters who tells him that some people showed up on her doorstep telling her that they owned the house that she was renting and demanded to know what she was doing there. So, after a little of his own investigating, John discovers that Janine and Matthew have been simply stealing homes that are unoccupied, breaking into them, and then renting them out. What? (laughs) Yeah. How how would you get away with that for that long? That's what I want to know. Like, can you imagine, like, the balls of just, like, literally stealing someone's home? And, like, how do they know when these people are coming back? Right. And, like... Isn't there someone from the city that drives around and makes sure, like... I mean, you would think. But yeah, I suppose if it's a certain neighborhood... Yeah, and if it's care. like, you know, like a foreclosure and it's just been abandoned. But but someone, like a bank or the city yeah, owns it. So they have a vested interest in it, which makes it really confusing as to how she could get away with that. But again, I mean, she did for a while. Yeah. And like... She didn't have to do that because she was a millionaire. Yeah, she could have she like could have actually bought, bought houses. houses. It, they always do that though. These some of these people they they go so far. Yeah, just like what's his name from Fridley. Oh right, he, um, he couldn't he couldn't be right. satisfied. He had to sue, counter sue the city. <laughs> wow. So there. So she's drilling out of drilling locks out of occupied homes and renting them out well they're unoccupied uh, okay she's un- but they she does not own them got it yeah got it. that's honestly that's kind of brilliant <laughs> to think to do that and have yeah, someone like, else do it yeah so if he gets caught it's like <laughs> he oh, looks I don't like know. the bad guy yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but in february of 2013 shortly after Figuring this out, John ends up going to the Northport Police Department to tell them about Janine and Matthew's real estate fraud. Mm. And the police begin an investigation on the matter. Mm. So shortly after the investigation begins, the police get a call from a woman named Becky. So Becky had recently developed a close relationship, friendship with Janine. So she was, Becky was a hard drug user And she had a pretty messed up past, you know, drug use and various, you know, petty crimes and things like that. And she was very nervous to talk to the police, but she had some information that she needed them to know. Mm. So after getting wind that uh, John had recently gone to the police, Janine had been asking Becky if she knew anyone who would kill John for a few thousand dollars. Whoa. So Becky's trying to hire a, or I'm sorry, Janine is trying to hire a hit on John. Right. So she's asking her, you know, drug using bestie. John's hardly the problem at this point, though, because she's got bigger problems. Yeah, but John is the one that like. Oh, so it'd be more revenge than taking care of. Seems like it. Yeah. So the the police equipped Becky with a hidden camera a few days later and had her invite Janine out to lunch. So her and Janine go to a Sweet Tomatoes restaurant. 
you know what Sweet Tomatoes is? No. I've never heard of it, hmm. but uh, apparently it's a restaurant in Florida. I don't know if it's a chain or what, but it sounds nice. Is Becky's drug use related to Janine's lifestyle at all, or is that just incidental? Yeah, so Janine at this point had started kind of partying with Becky. Okay. You starting to use maybe like some cocaine and okay. things like that. But going to lunch at Sweet Tomatoes is still a thing that <laughs> they do. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> You know, use some cocaine, then go get some salads. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so they end up going to this restaurant so that they could discuss the details of the hit. But Becky's got a camera on her. Whoa. The police have given her. Are they outside ready to help her? They are in a van okay. outside, I believe. Yes. So the, enc- the Maybe enti- like a sweet tomatoes delivery van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the entire conversation was caught on camera. Um, which included Janine drawing Becky a diagram of the inside of John's home and giving her instructions to make the hit happen the following week while she's away on a cruise. Hmm. So she's planning on going on a cruise. So she's like, do this Alibi. while I'm right. Do yeah. this while I'm out of town. So the police know they need to act quickly, obviously. Yeah. And they have an officer go undercover to have a meeting with Janine posing as a hitman. Mm. So, of course, this is all on camera. Yeah. Um, so, when Janine gets in the hitman's car, she is downright giddy and even blows him a kiss. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's weird. I know. It's very creepy. You can watch the video. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but after that, she gets down to business, yeah. um, showing him photos of John, describing the layout of the inside of the house, and even navigating him to the house so she can point it out. Right. So she wants to make sure this is just, you know, done. Mm-hmm. So, however, what was most shocking about the meeting was when o- the officer asked if anyone um, else lived there with John. Mm-hmm. She told him about John's 11-year-old daughter and said, but I don't care about that. Then she told him that if the daughter got in the way, to go ahead and kill her too. Whoa. Yeah. Really messed up. So then she asked the hitman if she could get some kind of a discount if he could perform a second hit for her in the future. man. On her husband, Matthew Smith. Wow. She tells the hitman that he's lazy and she's sick of him and that he's, quote, the next one on my list. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So sorry for a second. Rewind with me. Her first two husbands, neither of them died, right? Right. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. That really could only mean one thing. (laughs) What? next thing on my list is like oh yeah i mean the next one on my right list the next one on my list like there's only... so she's got a whole bunch Man. on her list um <laughs> she had also recently taken out a million dollar life insurance policy on matthew that was about to go into effect wow what a coincidence money 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 <laughs> um in order to make an arrest in the case you know, in a case like this where it's, you know, you're hiring a hitman, there has mm. to be an exchange of money. Right. Just like drugs. Exactly. So Janine ends up handing the officer $2,000 as a down payment. And when she gets out of the car, the officer gives the signal 
to make the arrest, and wow. Janine is immediately arrested. Wow. And she actually pees herself when they <laughs> arrest her. That's a first. <laughs> We've had a lot of murders. And a lot of murders yeah. captured on this show. It's a but fun fact. It's a first one where someone. If pees you see like pictures or videos of her, like right after she was arrested, you can like see she's got like pee all over her pants. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, for most people, I would feel bad, but for her, I say, <laughs> you know what? That's fine. Right. That's what happens when punishment you... <laughs> more than fits the crime. Or... So she's at, she's charged with two counts of solicitation to commit murder. Okay. And on May. Of, in May of 2014, uh, Janine was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. So she's sentenced to life in prison for, you know, basically hiring a hit on her friend and on her husband. Yeah. But, you know, family and friends and people always had suspicions that she had killed her husband, Max. I mean, yeah. And her daughter, so after Janine was sentenced to prison, her daughter, Alexandria, went to visit her. And she actually asked her, she's like, did you have anything to do with dad's death? And she said, I can't tell you that. Wow. So you know for sure Yeah. she did. Yeah. Yeah. Based on his symptoms before he died, what do you think was used? What kind of poison? You know a lot about these kind of things. I know a lot Not about from poison. experience, but from observation. Um, I'm going to say, hmm, let's see. <laughs> I'm thinking either arsenic or antifree. Okay. Yeah, ethylene glycol. Ethylene, it was ethylene glycol. It was ethylene glycol. Because <laughs> those, the, those symptoms fit those uh, chemicals. Yeah. Mm. Like, the thing is, though, like, it seems weird that they, you know, ran tests and everything and couldn't figure it out. Yeah, you especially know, seems, in the nineties. Yeah, it seems like you would like try to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that I can't remember when they started putting the bittering the, agent the traceable, thing. right? Yeah. But I, I think in the nineties that um, antifreeze was still had like a pleasant taste. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that it's could very well be. And, like, she would have been poisoning him for, like, a year because he was sick for a year. Yeah. Just Crazy. putting a little bit in his drinks or something every day. Yeah. It's, um, which prison is she in? She is in the Florida Women's Reception Center. Okay. Which sounds like a place to have a wedding. Yeah, it sounds very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got flowers everywhere. Just little hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Uh, so she's still there, I assume. Yeah, she's, she's still alive. She's got life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was only 2013 that she was? Mm, 2014, 2014 she was sentenced. sentenced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So her husband, uh, Matthew, did serve some time for his real estate fraud. Right. But, but that's I think he got like a fairly to. light sentence also because he was like agreeing to testify against right, her and everything. Right. So he's like, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a chance to start over. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I got out without her murdering me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- that must be a crazy feeling to know that this person you were with was planning to kill you. Yeah. And you didn't even know. No. Wow. It's messed And to up. know that they had already killed her previous husband or that it like, likely i mean did. most likely yeah, yeah. but uh but th- with that kind of she never admitted it but it kind of sounds like she she did that directly herself 
Whereas in this time, she was going to just do it the fast way and hire someone to, right. to kill him. <sighs> Coffee with crime. Coffee with crime. Good, the peeing criminal. <laughs> the peeing criminal. <laughs> I don't killer. know why people, I mean, I don't know why people get others involved when they're planning a murder. What would you do? <laughs> <laughs> Let me drink from your wisdom. <laughs> You know, I feel like the less people involved, the better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Every extra person is a possible. Two can keep a secret if one of them is dead. (laughs) That's what they say. And dead men tell no tales. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just like, you know, usually when, I don't know, it just seems like a lot of these happen when people are start telling people about it. Yeah. You know, a lot of these arrests happen, which is good because obviously we don't want these people disclaimer we here at coffee at crime are big fans of catching murderers yeah you don't want people to get away with this stuff but it's just you know i think people get really cocky yeah that's that's the main thing oh another thing about janine too when she was on trial she kept telling everyone oh i've hired this expensive defense attorney like i'm getting off i'm getting i'm going home right and then it ended up not working out she actually hired this attorney before she even started trying to oh that's suspicious on its own yeah no kidding wow if you were that attorney you were like okay so what happened like you know who did you try to kill well no one yet (laughs) wait i don't know if i want to represent you (laughs) seriously (laughs) i think i might be an accomplice (laughs) i take you yeah uh, i take you as a client (laughs) so yeah so that's the that's the crime that's the crime from our location in St. Louis. Yes, and we are going to do a St. Louis crime. Next time. Yes, yeah. so that should be fun. It will be fun. <laughs> and we're almost to the end of our second season. Yep, almost to, to episode 20. Man, that's crazy. What a year, right? I know. Yeah, that'll mark, uh, well, you know, it's, it's. I think it's been more than a year since yeah, we started since our we started. podcast, but, uh, but it's been quite a year. And um, we're happy that... That you are listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody, for your support. And um, yeah, we will see you or we'll talk to you next time. And we'll take our coffee with crime. <laughs> <laughs>